0: Hi, everyone. <laughs> As Kevin says, where's Kevin? Oh, there you go. Oh, you're small today. Um, are you smiling? All right. Oh, man. It, God is good. I, had a, I have a, a word that, um, that I received during worship. Uh, I, I felt, even before Belen read the verse that she read, uh, God spoke to me that maybe some of us have like a troubled soul, like maybe we have worries in our soul, um, and God wanted to reassure you this afternoon. He wanted to strengthen you and your soul. So I don't know if that, if, that speaks to, if, if that speaks to you. Can you raise your hand if you came in with a troubled soul? Amen. Raise your hand high. Amen. Awesome. So. Uh, I believe God's going to speak to you today, but I wanted to pray for you um, right now, actually. So uh, keep your hand raised and the person next to you is going to pray. Come on, church, help me pray. Just close your eyes. and Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your t- a timely word where you saw that souls are troubled and people have doubt. People have maybe fear in their hearts. They don't know what's going to happen next. And that feeling of of unknown is, is, is putting fear in their hearts, is troubling their soul. So I pray right now, God, in the mighty name of Jesus, that you bring peace, that you bring comfort. Release, God, your peace over their lives, God. Peace that surpasses all understanding, Peace that surpasses all understanding. Right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, I declare peace right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I just declare peace, God, comfort, Lord. Every soul that's hurting in this place, every soul that's troubled, God, that you would bring peace right now, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, right now, God, right now, Father, right now, Lord, bring peace, bring peace, God, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, we just thank you. We just thank you, God Almighty. we just thank you jesus we worship you mighty king of kings and lord of lords he is good he is good thank you jesus thank you god almighty amen Uh, The story of Jesus is a very particular and unique story, and I want to talk about that story today from his birth, just parts of that story. His story is uh, a particular unique story, and most of us know that story. Uh, Most mainstream uh, people, there's been films and TV and... And plays and all kinds of things that talk about the story of Jesus and his birth. And around this season, uh, people celebrate Jesus Christ. Um, We don't know exactly when Jesus was born, right? We don't know the month, the date. But we know that the world, for some reason, at the end of the year, we all are kind of open to the idea of, who is this Jesus? Why is he so special? Why is he so important? And why does he have followers all around the world? And why are his followers willing to die for him? They believe so much, right? And why does the message spread? And why are people healed and delivered and set free? Like, what is, what is it about this Jesus that's so special and so unique? The story of Jesus is a story of a God who had compassion and who had love for a world that had turned its back on him. We, as, as the world had, had turned away from God, the Bible says that everyone went astray. It says we all go astray. We all turned our backs. We chose sin over him, over his love. And the Bible says in John three sixteen that he so loved the world. Amen. He so loved the world that he gave his only son. And this is the message of the gospel that sometimes we skip over because maybe we've been following Jesus for quite some time. And, and maybe we've gotten comfortable in the fact that we know the message of the gospel. But I think the message of the, without the message of the gospel, there's everything else just doesn't really make sense if we skip that message of the gospel. The message of the gospel that brings salvation to humankind there is still a hell that people are facing but there's a heaven that people can be open to a heaven that's open the gates of heaven are open to receive people that believe in this jesus why is this jesus so special and so important because it was god who decided to make himself just like his creation lower himself the bible says that he lowered himself himself lower than the angels he became the low of the low just like us made out of dirt of human flesh but he was divine as well and so he didn't commit any sin he was perfect he was tempted in every way but but never committed any sin he was righteous And in that righteousness, he decided to give his life for his creation. This is Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Christ created everything for him and through him. Nothing was created unless it was by him. This is Jesus Christ, eternal Jesus. Made himself flesh. The creation that rejected him. But that he loved so much and he walked this earth in love for you and I. He was so willing to give up his life. The birth of Jesus is so amazing because he became so vulnerable. He became a a, a baby. He wasn't walking on water as a one-year-old. The Bible says that he was perfect for every season and the Bible says he grew in stature and in favor that means that as a one-year-old he was vulnerable and he needed mom and dad he needed to be carried we're talking about the creator of the world he needed to be carried he needed to be loved by his mom and his dad he needed to be fed this is the creator of the world. This is what he did for you. He was so vulnerable. He was born in a, in a, in a, in a manger. He was born in a place of, of threat. There was animals there. It wasn't, it wasn't the hospital. It wasn't the hotel. It wasn't the suite. It was the barn. It was where the animals poo. That's where he was. And he did it for you. And they needed to carry him and protect him. But heaven was, like heaven was, heaven was all in. There was, this wasn't like, we're kind of going to do this. Heaven was in. God was all the way in. And he gave his life. So let me read this to you in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt. With the child and his mother, the angel said, stay there until I tell you to return. Because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother. And they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. I find that to be so funny, by the way. I don't know if you caught that. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem, who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. Look at another prophecy. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up. The angel said, Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel, because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then, after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said. He will be called a Nazarene. What a tremendous story. But it's more than just a story, right? You see how God was invested. Heaven was invested all the way in. God was working Maybe Joseph and Mary didn't know what was happening in the kingdom with the wise men and King Herod. But God was working on their behalf. I believe God works on our behalf even when we don't see it. God is doing something in our life. He moves in our lives. Even when we don't notice it, he's working things together. I just love this because Joseph had to trust God. Joseph could have had this dream, this first dream, that said, hey, you got to go to Egypt. And he could have said, "Uh, I don't know if I want to go to Egypt. Maybe I'll just chill here. (laughs) I believe God still would have protected Jesus, but Joseph needed to trust God. We need to trust the Lord, that he's moving on our behalf. When we trust God, he gives us courage and he gives us strength. Look at what Psalm 31:24 says if you could put it up Jair. It says be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart all you who hope in the Lord. All you who put your trust in God be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart. Can you imagine Joseph and Mary? Joseph has this dream. He wakes up in the morning and he's like, "Hey, we got to go to Egypt." This is the Joseph that actually didn't want anything to do with Mary. Now he's taking his responsibility serious to be a father and a husband. And now he's being guided by the Holy Spirit, guided by heaven, dreams with angels, guiding him to take and protect this child. Why was it so important to protect this child? Because this was the redeemer of the world. This was the savior of the world. It was so important to save him so he can save us. It was so vital that this child would be protected in the midst of what's happening. We need a heaven. We need to protect this child because this child is going to grow up one day, going to follow the call of God on his life, that he is the savior, the Messiah, that he's God in the flesh. And he's going to save the world. God is working on your behalf. Trust him. Maybe you don't see, you know, the answers quickly. Maybe you don't see the evidence quickly. But put your hope in him. Because he has the best interest, interest over your life. God is working on our behalf. Amen. Do you believe that? I believe that God is working. And so you see Joseph and Mary and they go to Egypt. To the land that that had them enslaved. I don't know how many hundreds of years before. They go to this land, Egypt, where they're foreigners now. And I love the way that Matthew writes this passage. Because after every account, he says, and this was to fulfill such prophecy. Prophecy. It's like they were seeing the word become alive. They saw God working while God had all of this planned. And sometimes we look back at life and we say, wow, God had all of this stuff planned for me. And through that, I I doubted him and maybe I had fear and maybe I didn't take risks that I could have. But he had this plan. He had destiny for me. He had a purpose for my life. God has a purpose for your life. He has purposes. He's called you. He wants you to do something for his kingdom. God is good. Amen. Amen. He's called us. He, He wants to use us. And he was protecting the purpose of Jesus in this moment. And you can see the enemy, how angry he is. And how scared he actually is of seeing this little baby, Jesus, grow up and be the savior of the world. So he wants to get rid of him as a child. And I know it's King Herod and he has his his own free will. But he's being influenced by the enemy to destroy the gospel before it's even preached. The baby, the, the root of David to be cut off so that. This gospel is not preached. Sometimes we look at the story of the birth of Jesus and it's special. But the reason it's special is because of what Jesus carried. And it was the message of salvation. Amen? Are you happy to be saved in Jesus? Are you blessed by Jesus? Amen? God is working on your behalf. The truth is that Jesus needed to keep living to fulfill that purpose in his life. God protects your purpose. He'll protect it. If you partner with him, he'll protect it. I love also how this family's being guided. God wants to guide our lives. He wants to guide our families. He wants to guide us. I, I love that Joseph takes on again this responsibility of being a husband and being, you know, a father now. And God begins to guide him. He begins to receive dreams. He begins to be guided by God. And he takes his family and he's obedient to that guidance. We need the written word of God. But we also need to be able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in our life. I've been reading this book. And uh, I don't know if you've ever read a book you can't put down. Hopefully. And don't say the Bible. (laughs) I'm reading this book. I can't put put it down. In like four days, I read like 30 chapters. It's like a 40 chapter book. Like I want to finish this thing tonight. You know, it's really good. But this this uh he this man that wrote this book, he's not like a famous guy. He's just some guy in South Africa who God called him to be an apostle. There's, there, was ten, there still is 10,000 churches under his ministry. He's, he's retired now, but his son took the torch of ministry. Never heard of this guy before. He doesn't have, he's not on TV, right? Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying we don't know this guy. And reading his passion to hear the voice of God in our lives. He called it, we got to be organic We can't be so rigid and so structured in our life that we don't give the time to hear God. We have to be organic with God. We have to build a a relationship and fellowship with God so that we can hear his voice and his guidance. That's what he was doing here with Joseph. He was building with Joseph and Joseph was trusting him because he needed to protect, again, Jesus Christ as a baby, vulnerable, The enemy had a plan to destroy the plan of God. But God always has a plan. He always outsmarts the enemy. Amen? Because the enemy is no equal to God. He's not wiser than God. There's no one wiser than God. Amen? God speaks to his children. Does God speak to you? Amen? And he guides his children. More than we know it and more than we, we realize sometimes. He's speaking to us in every moment, all those questions you have, all those situations in your life. If you were just to go to God for a moment, you would hear his voice. Maybe you wouldn't hear the answer that you're waiting for, but you would hear the right thing that you need to hear in the right moment for that right season. Can you imagine if, if God would have spoke something else to Joseph? Joseph needed in that moment a word from God saying, leave this place. Go to Egypt, leave this place. That was the right word for the right moment in the right season. And God wants to do that in your life. He wants to speak to you in the right moment, in the right season. He wants to speak to you. So open your heart. Be organic with God. Have fun. Are you having fun with God? Are you having fun in your relationship with God? Are you boring with God? Are you a boring Christian who doesn't smile? Are you boring with God? You can't be boring and be Christian. We we have the God that created heaven and earth and you're boring. That's impossible. Like I see people, you you come out of prayer and worship and, and you don't look happy. I heard a, a, a pastor say one time, I wonder who they were praying to, jeez. You having fun with God? Man, God wants to have a, a, an adventure with you. He wants to show you things that you never, he wants you to dream like you've never dreamed before. He wants you to think big. I, I hear some of you guys in your dreams. And the aspirations and the things that you come up with. And I'm like, whoa. I don't think I could. Wow. I hope it works out. I really do. Because, man, I love the way that you guys dream. Keep dreaming. Keep having fun with God. Keep going in your adventure with God. You think that Joseph and Mary and and little Jesus, they were like, oh, well, we got to go to Egypt and suffer no first of all jesus is with them they've seen a miracle happen they've seen something happen in their life how could they be bored how could they not be having fun they go to eat man this is like gps for christians like go to egypt go go to bethlehem Go to Judea. Go to Nazareth. And in the meantime, we're trusting God. We're believing in him. And we're having fun. We're enjoying ourselves. (laughs) Even when things don't work out, just laugh. And just say, man, I love you, Jesus. That didn't work out. Maybe that was all me. (laughs) You know how you think... I don't know about you guys, but I like I daydream a lot. And it's to like, it messes me up sometimes. Because I daydream. And most of us daydream, but negative. Let's just keep it real. But sometimes you, you daydream and you make up this like, and imagination is good when it's from God, right? But when it's from fear, when it's from doubt, and you're like, Oh man, I have a I had a six-month review in my new position. And I I haven't had great experiences in reviews. (laughs) So when they told me, yeah, your review is in a couple weeks. What's the first thing I start dating? Oh man, I'm I'm gonna get fired. Uh, what's gonna happen? I'm gonna lose my job. They're gonna I don't know what they're gonna do. And it's like we're not having fun. And God was like, you need to stop tripping and have fun with me. You're going to be okay. Like, have, I ever, have you not ever eaten? Obviously not. Maybe a meal or two, but not much. Have I provided for you? Do you trust me? Yeah, you're right, Lord. Are you having fun with God? I'm like a commercial or something? <laughs> <laughs> Verse 19. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Ah, oh, those dreams. Get up. The angel said, Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel. We don't know how much time passed. It could have been a couple of years. I don't we don't know. Because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that a new ruler of Judea was Herod's son Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned in yet another dream, he left for the re- For the region of galilee so the family i love that part so the family went and lived in a town called nazareth so the family went and lived in a town called nazareth this fulfilled what the prophets had said he will be called a nazarene so god is interested in getting getting you to your destination He's interested in getting you to the next place that he's called you to. And then when you get to that place and you get comfortable, he's going to call you to the next place. You should hear that. You should not be comfortable as a Christian either. You should be, what do we say? Having fun and in an adventure. So you get to that place of like, okay, I'm here. I I think this is where God wants me now. And God says, it's time for you to go to this place now. God wants to get you to the next destination. He wants you to fulfill your purposes in every season in your life. He doesn't want you comfortable and still and, oh man, like the same place, the same chair I sit in at church every week. Sometimes, even that, we need to just move around. Don't get comfortable. God wants to see you fulfill your purpose more than you do, because he loves you. He has every every detail in your life he loves, every detail, what you dream about, what you daydream about, what you want to do with your life, what job you want, what career you want, what family, what husband. He, He is interested in every detail of our life, and you have to believe that. You have to know that. He loves you and he cares for you. Purpose gives life meaning. Without purpose, life can feel meaningless. But God gives us purpose. Amen? I don't know where you are in life and in your season in life. Maybe you feel like you're bouncing around from Bethlehem to Egypt to Judea to Nazareth. I don't know. Maybe you feel like... Like this. And you're asking God for guidance. He wants to guide you. He wants you to partner with him. And he wants to get you to the place of destination. And that place may last a while. And then he may move you to another place. I'm not talking about literal places, obviously. I'm talking about seasons in life. And that's what he did with Jesus Christ. He protected Jesus. Because he needed to get him, man, to that cross, to that cross where salvation is, redemption is, where he was buried, but he resurrected. Amen. He's alive and well. He resurrected on the third day. He needed Jesus to get to his destination. So he protected him for us, for you and I. Do you believe that? Amen. Praise God. Let's pray this afternoon. And let's ask God, not, Lord, help me trust you, but let's just willingly say, I'm going to trust you, Lord, and the places where I need to trust you. I know that you're working in my life, I know that you're guiding me and my family, and I know that you have a purpose for me, God. And why don't you get on your feet? And let's pray. Let's pray together for God's purposes in our life. And maybe you're not having fun with God. You're not having an adventure with him. But he wants to have fun with you. He wants to go on an adventure. I could imagine the disciples walking with Jesus everywhere. Learning, talking with him, being discipled by him. That's the kind of relationship he wants you to have. Let's close our eyes. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We pray that you are filled and encouraged by today's message. For more information about Grace and Love, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at GraceLoveChurch. Make sure you check us out again next week. Thanks again, and God bless you.